Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Oh, uh, yeah, things are kind of bad because of the war, you know. I'm Lieutenant Linda Nugent, your new nurse. Just tell me what to do and where to go. All right. Uh, Major Houlihan. She'll tell you where to go. She's good at that. Uh, Major Houlihan, may I introduce you to our new Nugent, who's... I mean, this is uh, Lieutenant Nugent, our new nurse. Uh, stow your gear and report to me immediately. Uh, I'm the company clerk around here. If there's anything you need, I'm the guy you come and get it from. Oh, thanks. It's always nice to have a friend. Oh, yeah. Well, it's always nice to be here. <laughs> that, of course, is from the season seven episode Hot Lips is Back in Town. Hello, this is MASH Matters. I'm Ryan Patrick alongside my partner, Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Ryan, and happy MASH Matters to you today. And we have a special guest. And the reason we played that clip at the beginning of the episode is because we are joined today by none other than Lieutenant Linda Nugent herself, Peggy Lee Brennan. Hello, Yay. Peggy. Hello, hello, hello. It's such a delight to have you on MASH Matters. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us today. Because even though you only appeared in one episode of MASH, yes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's probably one of the things that you're most recognized for. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Years, years, years later, I'm still being recognized. I am an honorary vet. Isn't that something? I live in Branson, Missouri and New York, and I'm an honorary vet. I get to do every year Vets for Vets, their live show, oh. because I am, through MASH, an honorary veteran. Wow. Congratulations. That, thank you for your service. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. <laughs> I enjoyed my one week as a nurse in the military. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk all about that. But before we get into MASH, I would love for you to just tell us your story. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and and how you got into show business. All right. I am from Staten Island, New York. Okay. And I went to St. Joseph Hill Academy, and I did all the leads in the shows in high school. I did um, Bells Are Ringing. I did Ella Peterson. I did Kim McAfee and yes. Bye Bye Birdie. I did Eileen and Eileen, Wonderful Town. So that's where I got my start. Sister Antonia and Sister Raymond kind of recruited me because I always danced. I always did dance. And hmm. uh, they asked me to be a choreographer for one of the shows. And then she said, no, I want you to audition. And I auditioned and I got the lead. And I had the lead in all the high school shows and in the Monsignor Farrell All Boys School. <laughs> and then I went to Wagner College and I did that for two years. I majored in speech and theater. And then I snuck out to an audition with some of the seniors, mm. a big summer stock audition. And there were hundreds of people and I got in. So then I never went back to college. Wow. I, I did later on. I did go back to grad school, the new school, and um, I have a master's and undergraduate, but that was like 30 years later. Mm. Uh, so then I, I went on, I did summer stock. I did off-Broadway. I played Ginger Rogers in a musical Valentine to Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers called Up in the Air Boys. And that was <laughs> so much fun. Loved it. Got to sing, dance, and act. And then I did Gateway Playhouse. I did Irene and Irene. I did Arena Stage once in a lifetime with Edward Herman and Diane Wiest and a lot of really fabulous uh, David Garrison, who did Married with Children. And then I got Grease on Broadway. Wait, 
Greece, as in the Greece? In the Greece. Yes, I did. Wow. I, I, I think you're too good for this podcast, Peggy. Sorry. <laughs> I don't, we're not worthy here. I did it with Patrick Swayze. Wow. I did it with Peter Gallagher. Um, I did it with Adrian Smid. <laughs> and then from Greece, I went to Japan for six months and I did Message from Space, Japan's answer to Star Wars with Vic Morrow. And I did Mia, Princess Mia. Wow. I did not do Leah. I did Mia, the lead in <laughs> Japan's answer to Star Wars. And I'll be honest, I had not heard of that before I read uh, your your bio. And so I went in at last night, actually, and watched some footage from that movie. And that, I mean, for its time, yes. there was a lot of special effects and, and, and stuff in that movie. From a captive planet, two million light years away, came a desperate plea for help. Message from space. That was a trip. Yeah. It was wild. <laughs> I was able to go do the movie, finish out Greece, and then I moved to L.A. because I had done Greece, the national tour, and went just before I did Broadway and different agents. We were all young actors. Like, there was a whole crew of us. How, how old were you? I was um, 21. 21, okay. By the way, did you by chance know Dee Dee Khan? Of course I did. Because Do you? I, yeah. yes, because I was doing the Broadway Grease when she was doing the movie. None of us were able to audition for the movie because we were still contracted uh, on Broadway. But then at different parties, different events, I would see Dee Dee Khan. And I played Frenchie in Grease. And she okay. was Frenchie in the movie. She was Frenchie in the movie. Yeah, she's a wonderful person. She and I were in a play together oh. out here called Hello, I Love You. And we had a great time. Oh, yeah. She, she's, she's a, a she's doll. She's a sweetie pie. Yeah. So really. sweet. So sweet. So you were 21 years old. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I was 23 when I did MASH. Well, anyway, so I did two years. I did a national Greece for a year, then Broadway. Then I did the movie. And then I went out to L.A., and that was in end of July. And I, I had been working, doing a lot. I started when I was like 19. So I was working a lot. I hadn't had any break. And I took two months off. I told agents, I don't want to audition for anything. I want to just go back and study for two months. And I did. And then the first audition I got was MASH. Wow. <laughs> yes. Who, who did you audition for? Do you recall? Oh, gee. I just know that Burt Metcalf was the producer. Charles Dubin was the director. I don't recall who the casting people were at that time for MASH. There was a male and a female casting director there. Yeah. I believe at the time uh, you were on the show. Mm -hmm. And they you may have seen them first and then seen Burt or, you know, I don't yes. know. I was curious as to how, what your experience was. Well, when I got the script, I had never seen the show. <laughs> I had never seen the show. I knew nothing about it because I had been doing theater, you know, high school, college. And then I was I was doing theater all over. And then I was doing Grease at night on Broadway. And then I was doing the movie. So I didn't watch TV. Wow. By the third callback, I called my friend Adrian Smid, who had been done Grease with me. And he was working in, in TV. And I said, Adrian, would you read with me? I've had like three callbacks for this show. And he's <laughs> like, what show? And I said, Maya. She's like, Peg, that's like a big hit. That's like <laughs> the biggest hit. But 
I I wasn't I wasn't intimidated. Nothing. So he read what we practiced, and then it, I had like five callbacks. They talk about being thorough in casting. Wow. Yeah. For that show, yes, you had five callbacks. Oh my goodness, great! Yes, Sam Christensen and Joyce Robinson. Those were the yes, two people that were. Yes, of course. Of yeah, course. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, that's who they were. But five call. You know why? I I think it was so important that they all felt that you were going to work with Gary Berghoff. And it was just kind of a, yes. I think they were really looking at that. You were, you know, adorable and wonderful, but I think that's what their concern was because that part was so important Yes, for, for, for that character and for your character. Well, you know what? Okay. So when I first got there for the general reading, I did not know who anyone was, but <laughs> Harry Morgan or Alan Alda. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do. I didn't. And they were all Sounds saying, real familiar. That's <laughs> like, were you, the, did you have to, moments like I that didn't too? Know, I had no idea where any of those people were. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. I did not. So they all were saying, let us sit next to Gary. And then another's, no, let us sit next to, to Harry. Let's, and I'm thinking, I don't even know who Gary is. <laughs> well, anyway, so sat down. They were so, so sweet, so kind, so supportive. I think, you know what? They had all been actors for a while, these people. Mm-hmm. And I think they knew the great talent involved in this show. And it was a collaborative effort. And there were I didn't find there were any divas as far as working for the week for me. It just seemed they all were so supportive of one another. And they were just so kind to me. And um, at the general reading, it was very interesting because we read it. And then all the actors gave their input. And the writers listened. And they would, okay. And I remember one time Gary said, she's going to think I am so stupid. I will not say that. She would never go for me if I said that. (laughs) And they said, well, what would you say? And they listened and they wrote it and then they came back. And then so they really took what the actors had to say. By this point, you know, they had been doing it for all those years. The actors knew their characters and Mm -hmm. it was just one of those situations. It was just so easy and supportive. Didn't you find that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. After I understood who they were and what they were doing. Yes, I did. <laughs> I definitely yes. Found that. yes. Right. Right. No, it, right. It, it was it was a real family. And and most of the time when people had an issue with the script, the writers would listen and they go, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And then they wouldn't change anything anyway. But oh. I think after a while, because in, as you point out, the, it, the, everybody had been doing it for a while. The actors had a little bit more juice. Maybe. And maybe a little bit more influence. And because this was a, a kind of a, a milestone in, in radars, you know, life there, yes. they really listened at that point because they really wanted to, to get this right. And you know what he did say to me? He said, oh, I wished you had come earlier or I would have stayed. <laughs> he did. Wow. I said, well, I was in high school. <laughs> you know I mean? He was, I think he had just lost his dad. Yeah. So he was very vulnerable during that time. He went through a lot of uh, family issues uh, over the period of time. Yes. But you know what I also remember? He said to me, he said, okay, since you're the new kid, if you want to, and I'm a like Catholic schoolgirl, so I go in with, of course, every line memorized and I'm just a very good student. So he said, if you feel the scene isn't going well, you can either mess up on your line or look at me and I'll go like, I think we need to do it again for me. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what we did. Like, because, you know, if you get it on the first take and I'm the guest artist, so they're not going to spend for the most part, right? Like give me five, 10 takes. So that's what he'd do. He'd give me a look or I'd give him a look and then, okay, let's shoot that again. Let's try it again. So that was really nice. So let, let me ask you the experience of being a guest star on MASH. How did that compare with being a guest star on a, another show like Eight is Enough? I know you appeared on Eight is Enough. What was the feeling like spending a week on the MASH set versus spending a week on another set? Well, you know what? The next thing I did was Billy Liar. I played Steve Gutenberg's girlfriend with John Rich. Remember John Ritual and the family. And that was amazing as well because um, Steve was a Long Island boy. I was a Staten Island girl. And he was just, he hadn't done as much theater as I had. And um, we had a lot of scenes. We had to do retake. We had to keep going back because the lighting or the sound. So that environment was really, really nice like MASH. Um, it wasn't as big of a cast. I mainly had my scenes with him. So that was very uh, supportive and exciting because it was a new show. It didn't get picked up, but uh, that was a great environment. Now, eight is enough because we were on location. Uh, Betty Buckley was great. My scenes, I'm trying to think, my scenes were with the kids. Uh, that didn't seem as family. I don't think I had the general reading. I think I just came and and did my 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 scenes. So it wasn't that I was working with everyone. I had just specific people. So I don't recall that it was that supportive, exciting environment that I had with MASH and then Billy Liar. But it was very nice. You know, I'm not saying that anyone was rude or it, it just um, wasn't wasn't the same feel. But the bar was set pretty high right out of the gate for you. The bar was set really high. Everything I did was yeah. pretty high. And I was thinking what I was I was thinking about why people have asked. And I went, oh, of course, when hiatus hit, I had done also uh, the first film on artificial insemination, The Seeding of Sarah Burns with Kay Lenz. I co-starred in that. And then hiatus hit. And I was just used to working all the time. I like to work. One of my girlfriends from acting class said, well, you could be a spokesperson. You could be an industrial show model. You could sing. You can dance. You can speak on different products. So that's why I started doing a lot of those. And I'd get tied up for three weeks. So I my agent was like, you're out of town so much. This is not a good thing. So then I went and I ended up doing more industrial shows. And I got in a show with uh, Cab Calloway and the Nicholas Brothers. Remember them? Remember oh, the Nicholas fun. Brothers? Yeah. They yeah, were the, great. yes. Wow. Yes. So I did, I did a show with them for a number of years um, in the LA and Vegas area. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Then I went back to New York and I did the show Applause and I met my husband. Oh. <laughs> yes, I met my husband. And then I did, uh, you know, I did 42nd Street, Peggy Sawyer and different shows in New York and then went back to grad school. Then we opted, adopted a baby from Nepal. Oh my goodness and gracious. My, yes. Yeah, my husband cool. and I have an act and we moved to Branson, Missouri and we've been doing our act here and we're empty nesters now. She just went back, went to college and I won Senior America. We also worked on a show with Mickey Rooney we wrote called Peg of My Heart and hmm. Monsignor Mickey, we, we hired Jan as my mother and she asked if we could find a part for hub and i said hub who and she said hub mickey and i'm like 
my husband and I are like, yeah, we'll find it. <laughs> oh, uh, Mickey. So. <laughs> Mickey Rooney. I think oh, we, he did the last series he did was with us. Wow. And it was about me in a midlife crisis. I decide to escape uh, show business and run to a nunnery in Branson, Missouri. And Mickey Rooney is Monsignor Mickey, the counselor. Wow. How fun. Yes. So did you, did you meet your husband? Is he an actor? Or was he just hanging outside going, hey, hi, honey. I mean, <laughs> what was he now, he's an actor. We met doing applause at the Claridge Hotel in Atlantic City. That's mm. exciting. How fun. Yes. He's a New York actor. And um, we've been here in Branson performing. And now we're kind of back east. We have a place back there and a place in Branson. And uh, we're working on a few different projects. And that's uh, that's where we're at now. Well, I, I, I'm curious, kind of walk me through uh, like a day on the set as a day player. What was it like coming in onto the set, mm-hmm. not really knowing the show, not really knowing the characters that well? How does an actor acclimate himself or herself to a set when they're just there for the week? All right. Well, we did the general reading, I believe was Friday. So then Monday we started filming. Um, I had my trailer. So I could stay in my trailer if I wanted to until they called me for the scenes. But I would be on, I would watch other scenes going on. And when it was my time, you know, I do my scene. Interesting because um, they were very, I found efficient with with time. Like we would be out by 7.30. Did you find the same thing too? Uh, yes, but 7.30 was a, I was kind of a late day, Um I always hope to get out of there around 10 a.m., but you know, <laughs> it usually didn't happen. I see. I see. But seven, yeah, 7.30 is actually kind of late. Well, it's, I guess I had just come from doing Japan for six, six months working on a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my hours were long. A little, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for me, I felt, okay, 7.30 is not bad. Yeah. So, um, my scenes were easy. Just seemed like they just flowed, flowed really well. Gary and I got along great. Mm-hmm. And everyone was so, um, like after we do them, they'd clap. And it was just uh, a very comfortable environment for me. Very supportive. Yeah, very supportive. I remember the first when I came down, they had my hair down mm. for my first scene to shoot. And they went, no, send her back. <laughs> no way is that going to work, the two of us together. So I went back and they put my hair up in a ponytail. Then I came back and they said, okay, now they match better. Was there a particular moment or scene that you liked more than others? And this is the OR, which of course we use as an operating room. This war is getting very popular. Every half hour, another tour. Raider, on your way out, drop these by the gift shop, will you? <laughs> these guys love to kid you. All right, Corporal, I'll take over from here. Uh... Uh, if you like me, am I? I can show her the ropes myself. But who's going to show you? He doesn't mean it. Get out. But she does. Major, I've heard a lot about the 4077th, and I'm really proud to be part of it. Just pay attention, and you'll catch on as we go along. That was the one scene uh, that I was a little nervous. Do you remember that one? It was just my eyes, and because I had the yeah, ma- yeah I had the mask on. So that was, I remember that was a little like, okay, I've got to get comfortable with this. That scene was great. I loved the scenes I had just with Gary when I was hanging the clothing. Well, we're officially alone, Radar. Right. <clears throat> Listen, uh, 
You probably haven't noticed or anything, but uh, I've been trying like heck for you to like me. And uh, I've tried everything I know and all that other stuff. And I'm, I'm tired of trying, so I want to get one thing straight. Do you want to go out with me or not? Yes. Fine, then we'll just forget it. I'm not good enough for you. You do? I said yes. You did? Yes. Well, how come you didn't say so before? You never asked before. Oh, yeah. And that's the scene everyone remembers. When I, after I did the show and I had done industrials, let's say a year later, and I was a spokesperson for Nissan, for Chrysler, for a lot of different companies, I would be making my speech on the car. I would come down and people would come up to me and say, I know you, I know that voice. And then one of my friends who was also doing the show said, what's your favorite TV show? And they're like, oh my gosh. They would recite, you don't have to impress me. I think you're nice when you're unimpressive. I loved doing that scene. That was just so sweet and warm. And we were just so connected. Because Gary, I just had a connection with him. He and I just had a very easy, very natural connection. So, and it was you know what I liked also? I had just come off of years of doing theater and then doing the movie that was an action film. And so this was just be yourself. Just be real. Mm-hmm. Nothing has to be broad. Just be real. So it was really easy. Sure. And then the scene at the end when I was dancing with Radar. Why is everyone watching us? Oh, are they? Well, I guess it's because uh, I come in here with a lot of girls, you know, and they always like to see who I'm with. Radar, not again. Well, maybe it's just because I'm here with the prettiest girl in camp. That was very special. Charlie Charlie Dubin is such a, he was oh. such a great guy and so gentle. Wasn't he? Oh, he was just so peaceful and he brought a very I know. Uh, calm uh, feeling to the set, no matter what you were doing or what was going. Even when we were being, you know, somebody, they were out at the ranch and there was all kinds of stuff going on. He still made everything very calm and everybody felt very confident. Yes, very calm and confident. He's, he's a, he was a terrific guy. I know. He created this wonderful environment that, you know, you don't always get. There's a lot of great directors that it's stressful mm-hmm. or it's just a, a different kind of energy. And you know what? Did you did you ever do this? This is a, a memory. Um, it was, I think it was Jamie Farr and Ogden Steers were tying Harry Morgan's shoelaces together when he was watching a scene. And I turned around and I saw them doing it. And they're like, shh, shh, like pointing at me, don't you dare. And I turned back around and then (laughs) Harry Morgan like tripped. Did you do things like that on the set? <laughs> no, I, I wanted to come back the next week, so I didn't do anything. There you go. They didn't put me out in the trash. Isn't that, they did things like that. that no, they did. They definitely did, but I, I didn't want to do it. I was afraid. Yeah. Okay. And another memory, Gary would say at lunch, he'd say, come on, come to the commissary. But I was like so diligent. No, I'm going to wait in my trail. I'm just going to go over my lines. He's like, this could be a good thing. If you come to the commissary, you can meet other people. People. So I think I went one day and I saw people, but I was just like this, you know, I got to work on my lines. I have to be ready. I have to be prepared. So I was there in my trailer. Well, it was a fun, it was a very important moment. Uh, MASH was a big deal. It was. It was a great show it with was. great people. 
So yeah, you should have been diligent about it. And and yes, it certainly paid yes. off. My gosh, to have people mm-hmm. recognize you after all these years in that, you know, with one show and still know you. Wow, that was you did it. You hit the ball out of the park. So what do people say to you nowadays when they do recognize you from the show? What do you hear most? They wanted to know how Gary was hmm. because he was known for being very like particular, right? And very conscientious. And Fred Astaire would do a hundred takes for one little eight counts. Mm-hmm. So you can call that neurotic or you could call it conscientious. Yeah. And Gary was that way, but I loved it mm-hmm. because I over-rehearse. I tend to be like, I was doing Greece. I did the national tour for a year. And then when I opened on Broadway after a year, of doing the same part, like, okay, will you rehearse again? Okay, I'm a wreck before I go on, but that's just who I am. <laughs> so Gary was like, you want to rehearse? He would rehearse with me anytime. Like, you want to rehearse? You want to go over things? So for me, that was really good. He was very, very conscientious, and he was willing to give me the time that I needed to make me feel comfortable. So people ask me about Gary. How was Gary Berghoff to work with? And they asked me about Alan Alda. Hmm. He was so nice, you know, and Harry Morgan. They were just, they... They would watch. I didn't watch dailies. Did you watch dailies? I only once. I didn't watch them after that. Yeah, I didn't. And Harry Morgan would come back and he's like, you are amazing. He was just so nice to me. So it made me feel so good. Having Harry, having Harry Morgan say that to you was a great, great thrill. He was. uh, I know. Such a special guy. I used to watch old movies. That's what I grew up. My parents, I watched all the, that's how I knew Harry Morgan, watching him in the old movies. So he had an amazing career, didn't he? Oh, incredible. It is never too late for anything. And that was my philosophy with Senior America. It's never too late. So to reinvent yourself or to do new things. And he did it till the end. What is, what exactly is Senior America? Senior America is a Miss America contest for women 60 and over. Mm. It's called the Age of Elegance. And they have talent, which is 35%. They have evening gown, they have interview, and they have a philosophy, which my philosophy is it's never too late. And you recite your 35-second philosophy. And then I won Senior Missouri. And then I won Senior America. Wow. Yes, I did. The second time Missouri ever won. That's cool. So I have been performing all over the country and uh, giving speeches and doing seminars and radio interviews and things like that. So that's kind of given me a whole new fun different exposure as Senior America. So it's an amazing, amazing organization that I'm very grateful to be a part of. Well, congratulations. Was that just recently you won? Yes, that was, I was uh, 217 is when I reigned, but I still do like next week I have an appearance. I'm doing a show, a St. Patrick's Day show in Missouri. And then I'm emceeing the senior Alabama pageant in June and I'm judging another one. And so it keeps you busy. Wow. That's great. Cool. Very exciting. Yes. Good for you. Yes. And I'm working on a new show with my sister who, with this Mark, my sister, it's called Mark and Mindy's Karaoke Party. So my husband are in that and I are in that. <laughs> so that we just had a reading and they're trying to get that uh, up off Broadway soon. Excellent. So yeah. So it's never too late. It's wonderful that you're still, you're still performing and you're still just have such a love and a heart for it. I, I, I just love that. It's fun. Yeah. Now that our daughter has gone off because she's performed with us 
um, since she's little, and she wants to be a doctor. She's gone off full ride to college. She was actually Miss Missouri's Outstanding Teen mm very talented, but she's always been brilliant in math and science. So now um, we're empty nesters and kind of we've got a place back in New York and we're um, back doing it there and all over now. What do you do for fun? <laughs> what do you do in your free time? It's fun. Guess what I was doing today? What? We have an act together, my husband and I, and then I have my own Peg Does Broadway. So now I have six shows in April. And the agent told me one of the shows, I, I'm in between the comedian and another Vegas singer. So he said, I want you to do some Vegas songs. So I'm looking for new material. So that's what I was doing today. <laughs> so I'm doing some new Marilyn Monroe and some new material. So that's fun. I love doing this. It's fun for me. It's a blessing, not a burden. Well, sh show business and the, and the acting business provides us uh, all. And I say us, including Ryan Patrick, because Ryan Patrick is also a very good actor and, yes. and accomplished director and all that kind of stuff. So but it also, you know, the whole acting business, uh, aside from the business portion of it, which is pretty serious, mm -hmm. But doing the doing the work is so much fun and it is such a nurturing experience that yes. you just want to keep doing it. It's it's very addictive. It, it is. And you kind of can't stop. Uh, it never goes away. It's in your DNA. No, you can't stop. You can't stop. I've been to several psychiatrists, but they won't. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. It's boring. Life is boring if you're not doing what you love to do. Yeah. We don't want to be bored. God gives you talents and gifts to use. And if you're still here breathing, you have to use them. Yeah. So I'm talking to you too. You're using yours. It's a good thing. That's <laughs> it. I'm quitting thing. the podcast. I'm out. I'm done. Oh. Tell me, when did you start the podcast? This morning, actually, we yeah. started around okay. 10. I'm your first. Yeah, this is, Am I the well, first? No, no, well. I'm so excited. You're our first girl. Yeah. How oh, about yeah. That? <laughs> I'm the guinea pig. Am I the first female? You are. You Am are. Am I your guinea pig? Your female guinea pig? Oh, fun. It better go well. And if we don't run you off, well. then we might ask another one to come on the show, too. <laughs> exactly. So we, we started this uh, back in September of, of last year, and uh, we're I, I can't speak for Jeff, but I'm having a ball uh, because I'm a lifelong fan of the show. And to be able to uh, just have conversations with the people who love the show and the people who made the show is a dream come true for me. And if I had known 20 years ago as I sat and, and recorded episodes on VHS tape that someday I would be sitting in my office talking to Lieutenant Nugent and, and Private Igor, I would have said, get out of here. That's not going to happen. Uh, I am so thankful for you to take the time out of your day and your busy schedule to oh. talk about a show that, that was one week of your busy life. I know. And I know that people are going to love hearing your story and hearing from you because, again, while you were only on one episode, Lieutenant Nugent is a beloved guest star on this show and that still impacts your life today. So I'm so grateful. Thank you for doing that today. I really, we really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. I personally wish you'd have married Radar. That would have been better. I like, I like the idea. It would have been fun. Oh, well, if I had come around earlier. earlier uh, yeah. But you know what? Choices in life and I wouldn't be where I'm at mm -hmm. today and I'm still now I'm ready. I'm ready to do a 
a long run in a series. Yes, I am. All right. Yes, I'm ready. Well, people right. know that message. So you'll have to talk to me. Yes. <laughs> after that. Next time we speak, hopefully, you'll be talking about my role on my new show. Yeah, well, we won't. We probably won't be able to get you on the phone and we'll have to go through your people <laughs> no, and our you people. Will. And, I'll remember. No, I hope so. I hope. I'm the first female. <laughs> yes. Of course, I'll be on your show. Our first girl. I love <laughs> Very rarely do you hear that statement. Our first girl. I don't know. Anyway. First girl. Well, Aww. this has been a delight. You are a delight. It and has. are you out on like social media or I know that you have a YouTube channel. Yes. How how can people find you? Uh, Peggy Lee Brennan. I am on Facebook and I am on YouTube. My agent is Bobby Merritt with the entertainment group, if anyone is searching for me that way. All right. We'll definitely put a link to your uh, YouTube page Fantastic. in the show notes for this episode. So you can just go to mashmatterspodcast.com awesome. and click on the show notes for this episode. And and you can uh, see, because I, I watched some of the video. there's videos of you performing with your husband and a lot of delightful things on there. So people can stay up to date with what's happening with Lieutenant Linda Nugent even today. Oh, thank you so much. I wish you guys the best. Thank you. It was great meeting you this way. I wish I had met you on the show, but it was great meeting you this way. I know. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll run into each other somewhere. You know, they're going to reboot MASH and send it to Alaska and call it Mush. So maybe we'll meet In then. Alaska, we just finished with the snow. I don't know if yeah. I want any more snow. Yeah, we're done with that. Right? We're done. That's right. <laughs> I think we are done. Let's meet in Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii. Let's meet in Hawaii. How's that? Sound? Aloha. <laughs> well, thank you, Peggy. It was a delight. You were amazing. Thank you so much. Wonderful talking to you, too. God bless you both. <laughs>